What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host, Sean, dives deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and asks all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, I'm diving into the real reality of Hershey LaCour Jeté. Hershey from Chasing LA makes my day on today's episode. I discover a kindred spirit through their life story. I feel validated on reality television as a queer parent through their journey on the most recent season. We bond over being real good. Real, real good. We forget that we're supposed to be working, and I get to personally thank Hershey for helping me through the loss of my best friend. All of this and so much more. I couldn't be any more grateful for this conversation. So, lock it while I clock in, because Hershey and I are about to get into it. Alrighty, Hershey, Hershey, Hershey. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Anytime. I appreciate you so much for giving me some space in your calendar. <laughs> that makes me feel like I'm very busy and I'm not, but I appreciate you. <laughs> well, we like to give the illusion of busyness. <laughs> you get very busy, so we just going to assume it's say. Of course. <laughs> of course. Now, my first question for you is, how are you feeling? Like in this moment? In general, in this moment, today, in life, where are you at? How are you feeling? Oh, well, in life, I'm feeling great. I'm um, I'm very happy right now. Very satisfied. Um. I'm not gonna say satisfied is not the word I want to use because <laughs> I always want more. <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very happy with my life and the, traje- tra- the trajectory that we're going in right now. Um, as you can hear, I got a full house. Uh, I'm literally gluing together an outfit right now for a show that I got on Friday. Like I'm doing everything that I wanted to do plus a little bit more. So I'm good. I'm very good. I love that. I absolutely love that. So let's go back just a little bit. When did you fall in love with reality TV? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I guess it, it has to be uh, Flavor of Love. It has to be Flavor of Love when um, I believed, when I thought reality TV was reality TV and you know, New York <laughs> and Hoops and who else was on it? Boots was on there. That's when I got into it. Um... I can't say I was ever in love with reality TV. Like I, I, I was a watcher here and there, but I wasn't like into it like that. Nice. Did you ever have a reality star that made you feel represented enough to pursue it for yourself? No, 
I can't say that I I, I did. Um, not not enough to pursue it. I, I I guess the first person that comes to mind is Karamo when he was on the Real World all the way back in what was that like two thousand and four or five maybe before that. That was the first time I, I, I that was the first time I seen a black gay man. Period. Like I, I I didn't I didn't know I didn't know we existed around that time. I was I grew up in the Bible Belt in St. Louis, Missouri. So you know that wasn't you know gay wasn't accepted in my family or around us at all so he like he actually opened my eyes to like gay men period but as far as wanting to pursue it I didn't really want to be on TV um, on reality TV at the time I just was happy to see somebody else that I, I related to if that makes sense of course when did you know you were talented I always knew I was talented that was never uh, a question for me I think uh, like I was always doing something um performance related i tell everybody all the time my first um the first drag queen i've ever saw was uh tyler perry (laughs) work (laughs) (laughs) i grew up on tyler perry plays and i wanted to be a writer and a playwright and all that stuff when i was younger just um where i messed up is i let too many people make decisions for me so that kind of died but I've always knew I always knew that I was talented as far as performance and captivating an audience and all that stuff. I always knew I had that. Nice. At what point did you decide that you had to be a performer? Um, this goes all the way back to like maybe 2005. Like, I always wanted to be on somebody's stage. I just didn't know what I was going to be doing. Like I, I used to get the neighborhood kids together. Like it was a lot of uh, kids in my neighborhood. I used to have full block, uh, like a full block award show party where everybody gets to nominate their little friends for something and they'll bring their friends out. Um, we would all be in my basement and everybody would like vote for what would what would the awards be like the the nicest person they look kitty awards so the nicest person mm-hmm. the person that give you like the person that causes the most drama all the petty stuff like that um i was always putting together shows and stuff and doing videos and things of that nature um so i've always wanted to perform i just didn't know in what capacity i used to say i wasn't going to be a drag queen i just i just wanted to you know like the wigs and stuff were just funny to me at one point but i've always wanted to be a performer like that was second that was second nature to me i'm starting relating sorry (laughs) oh no you're perfectly fine that's what this is for that's that's totally what this show is for (laughs) totally what this show is for but I relate to you so much because I have that background as well of like being a dancer, being a performer, knowing that this is what I've wanted to do my whole life. And being around, like I met my first drag queen at 15, joined my first house at 15, but I never wanted to do drag until I was 27. Oh. So yeah, it took me a while to get there, but I grew up like, like I yeah. was literally raised by like drag queens and trans women. And I always say that like, for me, the first person that I saw myself on television in was Miss J. Okay. From okay, America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Wasn't a drag queen, but it was more so like the embodiment of femininity in real life to where drag wasn't even necessary. I was like, oh, that makes sense for me. So Miss J is a actually, I'm glad you said Miss J because that's actually a perfect example of 
like before I knew I was a little more feminine than everybody else, I didn't have a name for it. Just, I, you know, every, I grew up in the Bible, like I said, so everybody would tell me, you know, you just, you just do too much. You're a little bit extra. And that's the mm-hmm. first time I saw somebody like, I looked at Miss J and felt a little bit seen, but it wasn't a comfortable scene because I wasn't supposed to quote unquote be like that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, or at the time anyway. Yeah. So that's just, that's, that's one of the first, first times I felt seen because Miss J is where I get my walk from. Like Hershey's walk, that oh, comes absolutely. from studying the next Yeah, America's Next Top Model. Yes, that comes from studying her. <laughs> I know a Miss J walk when I see one, honey. I know, <laughs> I know that's true about I was raised by that woman, honey. I know Hello. a Miss J walk when I see one, yeah. And you know, it's crazy because for me, I had the opposite experience because okay. I registered femininity in men because I only recognized or discovered the word feminine for when I was being called it, right? So all the things that was recognized as being feminine from my walk to my mannerisms to to the way that I carried myself, that's how I grew up knowing what it was. So seeing Miss J on TV and being celebrated for all of those things, being celebrated for that walk, being celebrated for just being everything that I was criticized for it was like that was the first time that I felt seen as a person it was like oh yes mother and see for me it was more so like I knew I liked it but I just I had to hide the fact that I liked it to the point where like I was hiding it to the point where I was I was confusing my damn self because just Miss J, her mannerisms, everything that she did, it always felt right. But like, you know, I'm growing up in church. So it's like, I'm being told like, you better not be doing that shit. There's something wrong with you, blah, 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 blah. So I just had a really like, I had a love hate relationship with femininity for femininity for like a long time. I totally understand that. When did you discover drag? Um, I want to say RuPaul's Drag Race season one, but I really feel like it was before that. Um, Mm -hmm. But the first time I I experienced it, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but the first time I experienced it, um, small backstory, I used to have a YouTube channel. um, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I used to have a, a, a smaller YouTube channel that was popping at the time and well locally popping like nobody checked for me outside of St. Louis but (laughs) I I was really popular on there for a little bit and um, like I said I was a good performer and there was this uh, this club called Novaks that was there at the time and they were holding a drag competition um at that time, all do you I think they're drag- still named that today? No, no I bad. literally just um, I literally just came back from a visit. The whole club is gone, actually. Oh, like they knocked it all down. Yeah. Um, but it was a drag competition. Um, so with the little bit of knowledge that I did have, I I I I, I stole my sister's prom dress. Um, I took I went to Work. a dollar store, a drugstore actually, and brought a little cheap ass eyeshadow palette and brought me some shoes from the um the little clothing exchange store and hustled down there because I said I was going to win this little competition. No foundation. No foundation, no lashes, no what? wig. Oh, no, I got these my fish. wig. These <laughs> fish, bitch. These pictures. Wow. Oh, my God. I got the picture on my Instagram somewhere but um, on my very first time in drag. But, yeah, I ran down Fresh there. Supermodel. You couldn't tell me nothing. I walked in the room. They t- sent me to the dressing room. I walked in the dressing room and my jaw dropped to the floor because it's like these queens have been doing it for a while. 
So they got their mirrors, they got the assistants, they got powder all over the place, jewelry all over the place, <laughs> and I'm just standing there gagged, like, oh. So I like, and mind you, I invited 20 people to come to this competition because I wanted people to see me. So I'm jaw dropped. So I just ran out the room because um, people are coming to see me. So I can't call all 20 of these people and tell them not to come. So I can't really run away. Um, so I just went to the bathroom and started crying. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I went to the bathroom and started crying. And one of the queens happened to see me. So she came out. Uh, she came into the bathroom and she saw me crying. She said, oh, oh, honey, what's wrong? And I'm a blubbering mess. I'm crying and shit. I'm talking about some, oh, you guys are so beautiful and I'm about to look stupid and I invited all these people and I just look so dumb. And she said, oh, girl, she come, come here. So she walked me back to, to the dressing room. She told all the queens what the tea was. Literally every queen in that dressing room gave me something to use for that competition. And they really didn't have to. Um, these days, I really feel like they already knew I was going to lose, so they didn't care anyway. But, like, they... You. My, <laughs> my introduction to drag was like just full of love. Like they supported me. They said, "Oh, girl, here, take this jewelry. Just make sure you put it back. Here, borrow this wig. I'm gonna do your face. Here's some lashes to borrow." Like they really hooked me up. That is so freaking awesome. Yeah, it makes story. me feel like I feel terrible because I don't remember. This is in 2011. I don't remember any of their names, but I, I, I like, I wish I could just. <laughs> I wish I could like stumble across a picture that would I, I would recognize. I would love to go back and tell them like what they did for me because I cannot remember any of their names. It makes me feel awful to this day. I just didn't even think think about that until like I became a professional. It sucks that none of them have like discovered you now and like shouted out and be like, "Girl, I'm so proud of you!" Say, "Hey, big kid." I just keep on, yeah, I just really would, I really hope I run across at least one of them. I don't know how or if that's ever going to happen, but I would love to run across at least one of them and hope they recognize me. Well, I'm waiting on those DMs for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> when you started drag, were, were you inspired by musical artists or were you inspired by drag queens that you saw? Um... As far as my style is concerned, how I approach drag, I was inspired by other drag queens. So I didn't start professionally until 2015 or 16. I can never remember which years, one of those. Um, and before Bob the Drag Queen got on Drag Race, I saw Bob the Drag Queen um, on, a, on a video. I didn't see him in person, I saw him on a video. Um, mm -hmm. And he did this mix. He did this church mix, and he mixed. He did a whole bunch of monologuing and just mixed it together. And the way he mixed it, my thought of drag was one way at the time. I thought you had to do your little ballads and in your gowns and call it a day. Mm -hmm. And Bob Mark the drag queen. queen. Shout yeah. out to y'all. <laughs> and that's what kind of turned me off to drag for a while. Because like I said, I, was, I technically started in 2011. Um, but when I saw what they were doing, I was like, that's what I want to look like. That's what I want to do. And that's so Bob and how he approaches drag with the comedy, but being pretty at the same time, you know, depending on your opinion. Like, that's what yeah, really, okay. <laughs> that's what really like kickstarted drag for me. I was like, oh, if I can make it look like that, that's what I want to do. Like, I can make you laugh, but I, you know, I, that's, I don't want to just sit and be pretty all the time. I just, I, I want to entertain people. You are a queen after my own heart because 
it's kind of like how I said I would have never picked up a pen to write a rap had it never been for you know the Nicki Minaj I always say that I would have never done drag had it not been for Bob the drag queen really you know what I'm saying I, yes Bob is literally my all time favorite drag queen yes. I have claimed claimed Bob as my drag dad and I specifically say dad just because he always says that whenever he says Ru- whenever he sees RuPaul he always goes dad so now I do yeah. the same thing to Bob but yeah like and I like had had said before like I was raised by like drag queens and like trans women from 15 years old didn't do drag until I was 27 but it was mm-hmm. because I was raised in you know the southern pageantry drag yeah. system and I was just not one of those girls I was just not one of those girls I, I hear like you pageant. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like gowns I still don't wear dresses to this day I don't like skirts well, that's, like a, that's what's funny because that's what I'm trying to get back into now because I love me a good gown. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I've I never love- been that girl. I've <laughs> never been that girl. See, I've always approached drag like Grace Jones. Okay. That's, that's always fierce. been how I've... That's always been my aesthetic when it's been drag. It's like, it's like Grace Jones. That's what I want to give. Okay. So, like... So, like, I've never... Like, I could never see... Grace Jones in like the gap and like like not dolled up in that way yeah not in that way like I feel yeah. like her gown would be completely different yeah she would be immediately sent to the back but she would be lovely <laughs> but she would be lovely <laughs> but she would be lovely oh. to me yes God how would you describe your drag aesthetic today? Um, today I've always called my drag aesthetic glam camp. Like mm-hmm. I've, 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 I'm very um over I'm over the top. Um, I'm very funny. Um, and I'm captivating. I'm very funny, over the top, and captivating. I'm not just sitting there and pretty. I don't rely on my look. Like like I don't rely on just my looks. Like I try to give the people a different type of show, especially out here in Los Angeles. A lot of the girls, no shade to them, are just you know. They glamour girls. They look pretty. They come and perform pretty. They might have a split or two, but it doesn't. It kind of stops there. Nobody knows how to be captivating. Nobody like if I were to perform and stand in one spot the entire performance, I would still have your attention as opposed to some of these other girls out here. Um, I love that. And then I also I just I feel like I'm a good cross between what you would call quote unquote old school drag and what drag is becoming. Um, because I was taught by I was taught by a whole bunch of old school girls that um that taught you how you know to be the performance to be the embodiment of what you perform and not just go out there and do a song um glamorous I know how to get my hair together well I mean I I can't do no hair but I know how to go out there and present and look right and have it together right. um I guess the I, I try to consider I, 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 my aesthetic I guess is like an auntie. That's a Las Vegas showgirl. I don't know. Yeah. How, I guess if that makes sense. That's the best way I can make sense of it. That is, that's the auntie that I want in my family. Like she I used to that. drive the 42, wherever your, whatever bus running in your city, she used to drive that. Um, but she finally got her big break. That's what I look at it as. <laughs> you know what it is. You ever seen the movie Showgirl? Yes. You remember the bald-headed black girl that was always angry about something? That's me. 
Yes, like if she would have actually gotten the part, like if she would have actually gotten the part of like the the girl, yes. that would have been you. That yes. would have been your glow up. I would have been her. Absolutely. Shout out to her wherever she is. And I wonder if her leg ever healed because we never saw her again. Because they did try her. Fuck that bitch that uh, told, and she gonna tell Naomi. Let me not get into it. But yeah. F- yeah. Occasion box break. <laughs> yes. Fuck her. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, fuck her. <laughs> this game, fuck her. Because yes, I was mad about that. Yes, honey. Milky box braids certainly tried it. Hello. <laughs> but we're gonna be classy. <laughs> we're not gonna be shady, just fierce. How we're just acknowledging some things, huh? Just you know, reading the room, just That's reading all. the room as one does. <laughs> <laughs> How similar or different is Hershey from who you are off stage? Hmm. I wouldn't say Hershey's that much different. I feel like Hershey dresses a little better than me. Uh, I know how to dress <laughs> Hershey much better than I know how to dress myself. But other than that, Same. I don't consider Hershey separate of me. Hershey is me. I am Hershey. Like what you see on stage, the drinks I get, how I'm acting, how I talk to everybody. Like I am Hershey. There's really no difference. We're the same people. <laughs> She's less of a, of, of a persona and more so just me with a wig on, honestly. A very nice wig at that. Thank you. You know, the of girls course. are chasing to hate my wigs. Listen. <laughs> we'll get to that. Trust okay. me. <laughs> How did you choose the drag name Hershey Liqueur for the people who don't know? Um, a mixture of things. So I used to be on, like I said, I used to be on YouTube. And on YouTube, my name was Don Top Delicious Asia Smith. Um, uh, um, 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 um. A lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. That but deserves I was, its own moment. It, it was a lot. She was a lot. But it was just a little character I was playing. Um, and she kind of died. Like it was, it just, it wasn't funny no more for me. So I kind of like let her go. Um, but then when I got back into drag professionally, I didn't have a name and I knew I couldn't use, I was around a pageant queen. So I was like, I can't use Don Delicious. So we're going to name ourselves. We need a name. <laughs> um, <laughs> what the fuck are we going to name ourselves? Um, so Not I started the going. Water Malone Drea of drag. Or- I was Water Malone Drea before Water Malone Drea was Water Malone Drea. And you can quote me on that. But, uh, that's the name of this episode, by the way. Say less. I'll send you, I'll <laughs> even find the link to the videos that I used to do. I used to walk around with a drawstring ponytail tied to my scalp. Classy. And you couldn't tell me shit. But no, a I couldn't lady. find a, um, <laughs> I couldn't find a name. So I just, I cut it and I just said I was DeAsia Smith. And it sounded, that was, you know, pageant enough for me. But then um, when I was living in Atlanta, that's when everything with, um, uh, Mike Brown happened um, in Ferguson and Ferguson is literally like 15, 10 to 15 minutes from where I grew up at. Excuse me. Um, and a lot of the, that's when I got, you know, that's when all the, you know, a lot of white people fell out of friendship with black people and black people fell out a lot of friendship with white because we were starting to see some people's real feelings on shit. That's when social media started showing some real feelings on shit. And I was learning a lot of the queens that I were around, a lot of the white people that I used to work with all of that shit. I just felt like 
every I, I don't know I just felt like a lot of people were playing in my face and DeAsia suddenly felt too politically correct for me it felt too nice um, and I wanted something to say that I am black I'm loud I'm ghetto as fuck and I'm here there's absolutely nothing you can do about it um, it did not come from the chocolate everybody like everybody assumes that Hershey is like the chocolate brand is not it actually comes from Tamar Braxton because that's what was you know the Braxton family values was also popping at the time Word. and Tamar used to run around because you know talking about herself in the third person oh her she her, oh me blah 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 her. So she me her what? I start talking about myself like that like I, I wanted to boost my confidence in my confidence in my drag because people was also trying to make me feel like shit about my style of drag so I would always say you're not talking to her like that, you're not talking to she. That's not me, and it just kind of clicked. I would say, I just said, I just remember one day I said, oh, that's the name, Hershey, that's the name. My pronoun, it's Hershey. Um, LaCour, I don't know where the fuck LaCour came from. You couldn't pay me today to tell you where I found that from, but it did sound nice and ghetto, so I said, I'm gonna keep that. And then Jate is my family name now. That didn't come, that name didn't come to like 2018 when I joined the house of Jatay. Okay, so, so, you know, quick sidebar. Relation yeah. to cornbread, yay or nay? Yes, cornbread's my Kate. sister. Um, Calypso, um, Calypso, who is part of the house of our main, she was part of the winning house from season one of Legendary. That's my that's our that's our mother. Okay, shout out to the fam. Go, yeah. so, the tains are out here. <laughs> you know what's so crazy about your drag name? You're a kindred spirit for me. Okay. You really are a kindred spirit for me because you like listening to you re recount your drag story makes me think about how I started drag. And I always say when when people ask me about drag, drag is one of the most beautiful things that I've experienced because I've never felt my most self on stage until that moment. Yes. But and however, I never experienced racism personally until I started mm -hmm. doing drag. Yes. Yes. I yes. have never, never experienced. Now, mind you, I grew up as the token black person in the room, half black, half half Hispanic person in the room. And mm -hmm. I never felt like I was an oddity. Like, I never felt like I was a random person in the room. So, like, I never experienced racism personally until I started doing drag. So, I was, was so hearing. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying like, and for that reason, like my first drag name was, we don't even have to talk about it, but <laughs> I immediately changed it very quickly into getting into drag because of that. And my yeah. first official drag name, the name that like people still call me to this day is Melanie Monroe. Yes, I like that. Thank you for that reason because I was like y'all walk into the room y'all all want this like perfect white pageant girl y'all want the girl from the queen and I'm walking in here black as the all fuck get out like it's very V. Bosman Race Jones I'm black like like I'm yeah. blackity black and I'm black y'all like that's what so it, it was I didn't experience racism I didn't pay attention to it until I moved out here to Los Angeles and that's what I missed about being in St. Louis in Atlanta um, because in Atlanta and St. Louis 
if white people don't like you they make it very clear and make it a very apparent and then they call it a day but out here it's that subtle shit and i cannot stand it and that made me even want to stand 10 toes more down the fact that i'm black and i'm in the space and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it because you're gonna end up pissed off when i first moved out here one of the first clubs i performed at out here the man saw me coming to the club and he immediately beelined behind me to the promoter whispered to the promoter the promoter came over to the rest of us now mind you it's i'm it's me and three latin girls and a white girl he said um he came in the promoter came into the room and said if anybody has any rap music you have to change it now i have been through that i told i I lied and said oh no i'm not doing any rap music and i changed it actually i said i'm not doing any rap music changed it and did look back at me by trina tore that whole fucking club up you got me fucked up Mine was Queen Bitch by Lil' Kim. Yes. Period. I said, what's the mm-hmm. hoodie shit I can find? I'm about to set <laughs> this bitch on fire. <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, so you want me to do Queen Bitch, Supreme Bitch, Kill a Nigga for My Nigga by Any Means Bitch, Murder Scene Bitch? Oh, okay, got it, clear. Got you, understood. Got it, thanks. <laughs> say le- Look, say like, less. Say less. Speaking of, what's your go-to number? My go-to number right now, because it changes like every other year. So my go-to numbers right now um, is a mix I made by single ladies. Um, You can hear that on, I think it's episode five of Chasing Atlanta. Um, um, We were at whose event? Um, What is my tag did it? We were at his event. Um, That and then it's a mix that I do for Doja Cat. She did a um, live performance for the VMAs a couple of years back and I've been performing the fuck out of that. Those are my you two money what? makers. I have been wanting to come back to drag for a long time. That's part of the reason why I did this podcast was because it was, you know, me giving myself something to do and until, you know, some things yeah. other things cleared over. But I always said one of the first things I wanted to do was the was the heavy metal version of um Say So that oh, Doja did there. for the EMA. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> my favorite Doja Cat performance. To this day, it is my favorite Doja Cat. I get chills every time I... It, uh, uh, it's pure, pure nostalgia. That's all that yeah. was. Yes. And see, for me, it was even more special because, like, I grew up on, like, metal music and, like, 80s dance music so okay. I was either listening to like Grace Jones and Sylvester or I was listening to Ooh. like Aerosmith okay and like Lenny Kravitz so that's all I grew up on so like seeing those two things combined it's like heaven for me like when Jay-Z did the album with with the Linkin Park yeah uh, that that was that 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 was very special for me very special but yeah seeing that uh i i still am gonna do that in drag one day when i get time to do it because now i got too much shit going on and i'm very busy (laughs) out here (laughs) so you know Ah, we'll get to it it's gonna happen it's gonna happen you know one day you'll introduce me it'll be a whole thing we'll get to it i got you (laughs) (laughs) so how different is doing drag in la from doing it back home in St. Louis. What's the biggest difference for you? 
Um, so honestly, I wouldn't know. Um, I started drag professionally in Atlanta. So my okay. full drag experience, my like my little, I call the situation I told you about the pageant, I call that my little soft open. Uh, because mm. after that and seeing how much they actually had to do, I, I used to walk around saying, I'm never gonna do drag again. This is too much shit. <laughs> um, That's so I did, yeah, I was like, oh, no, I'm done with this. This is too much work. Um, I appreciate everybody for helping me, but this is too much. And that's probably why I never remember the girls' names, because, like, I appreciated what they gave to me, but I was not going back to do it. Um, so it wasn't until I moved to Atlanta that my friend, one of my best friends, actually, his name is Rico, he kept, like, saying it to me. He was like, oh, girl, you about to be on somebody's stage, so you might as well get ready. And I said, Rico, stop talking to me about that. I ain't trying to hear that shit. Um, and he kept saying that because I was still doing my little YouTube videos and the wigs and stuff. So he was like, girl, you might as well just get you your full beat and get on stage. I said, Rico, I'm not trying to hear it. Shut up. It just so happens, the club in Atlanta at the time, I don't know what it's called now, but it's because it's closed, because the owners were racist, of course. But it's a club called Burkhart's. Um, they um, were having, they had an open competition every Saturday, and that's how I got back into it. Now, to answer your question, sorry, because I told you I'd start rambling. Um, how it's different from Atlanta from in here is I feel like the South and literally every small town that I've been to, I wouldn't say Atlanta's a small town, but it's in the South. They appreciate the performance a little bit more. Drag is way more appreciated in Atlanta as opposed to here. I just feel like the girls watching the drag race. So they feel like they know like half our prom half if not all our promoters not even are, aren't even drag queens so like they feel like they seen a little drag race and they know what they want to see and they know what they want to book um so we've just gotta actually we've just got out of this space where we can have more black queens at the show because when i first moved uh -huh. out here they were not booking more than what one or two if you're lucky black drag queens in one show so we just got over that hurdle um, but they have a very particular thing they want to see. They're not open to all the arts yet or all the forms of performances. And it's just because, you know, white gays are going to be white gays. I was just about to ask you, how long were you the only black queen on the, on the cast, on the flyer, in the show until you realized it and was like, oh, bitch, something got to change? I wouldn't say there was a lot of times I was the only black girl. Um, it was more so you saw how scarce we were. Like, like in 2022, I'll say LA has come a long way. We're all over the place. But when I first moved out here, you barely saw us anywhere. Mm -hmm. It was four or five white queens. If they were black, they were they were white passing, and then that was about it. Like the like they, we were spread out so far. Like they they we weren't getting opportunities, so we weren't working. We just simply weren't working. Like I would. When I first moved out here, I was doing a drag show maybe once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. They made it really, they made it really hard. And I got in trouble a lot too, because I started calling people out, like when shit didn't make no sense to me, I'm not the type to hold my tongue. So I would Hello. start asking questions. Like when they weren't paying, they would ask me to come to their show, but tell me they only had a tip spot available. Like they couldn't pay me. Um, and you know, I'm trying to get my feet wet in the LA scene. So at first I was like, Okay, that's cute. Um, I'll do it. But after a while, I noticed I'm steady being asked back. So if I if you keep on trying to book me, that means you must have some money somewhere. Hello? Because who paying you? You're not coming here for free. 
that. Oh, the trouble I kept getting into. <laughs> Who did this bitch think she is? Like one girl told me, we're very cool now. But she said when she first heard about me, because mind you, we didn't meet. She said when she first heard about me, she of wanted course. to know who the fuck I thought I was and how dare I come out here demanding to make money when dot, 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 dot this and dot that. And I was like, well, bitch, even if <laughs> even if you didn't know, you could have asked me yourself, I would have told you who the fuck I thought I was. <laughs> Hello. Girl, better than better than the majority of y'all. <laughs> you could have just DM me and found out. I would have I would have let you know. But she was I wasn't working for a while and she pretty much let me know that no. They weren't trying to book you because you came out here shaking the table. They tried that shit with me. And the mm-hmm. only reason I got Daddy. away with that shit, Daddy. like, <laughs> the only reason I really got away with that shit because I really got a reputation for my performance style. Okay. Like, I really got a big reputation for, like, like that bitch is going to come in and ask for a coin, but the bitch is worth every dollar. I came, I, like, and I, that was my mood too. I'm glad you said that because that was my mood too. Like you can't, it's some girls that were running, they, not running their mouth, but they were kind of taking it because they were trying to get whatever book and they can. And it was even a black queen out, out here. Um, she told me too, just, um, she apologized to me later. She, uh, But she told me too, like Hershey, maybe you should just chill on saying stuff for a little bit because girl, that's why they not booking you. And I was like, girl, no, fuck that shit because they booking this bitch and this bitch and this bitch and all those bitches are whack. I outperform all of them, so why am I not getting a dollar when they asking me to come? Um, But that queen lady came back and said, I'm glad you stood your ground. I'm glad you like didn't let these girls shake you because now I'm all, I'm literally all over LA. (laughs) Yeah, like, like the way that it happened for me was like, they would get pissed that I would ask for money they would get pissed that I would demand a certain amount of money to even mm-hmm. bother to come. But the problem is, is that they felt the need that they had to invite me back because their customers would ask for me to come back. So I would keep getting requested to come back to places by people's customers so much to where it was like, yeah, that bitch go ask for a coin, but you know, she worth every dollar. Like that is a verbatim quote that I heard about me from several different promoters. Like, and that's crazy like, to me because it's like I know you're paying. You're for, for me. It's like I, I didn't know. I didn't learn how much clubs were actually making until I moved out here and like heard numbers being dropped here and there. I'm hearing numbers like we making twenty one thousand dollars a night on Saturday, and you can't pay my looking my, my booking fee at the time was just seventy five dollars. You can't pay that, girl. You can't pay me seventy five dollars. Maybe I did shake the table because I would not leave my town for less than $150. It was to prove a point. Yeah. It was to prove a point because we kept, because I kept seeing the white girls going out and booking and not putting any effort into their drag and their Mm -hmm. fee was the $75. And they were going and booking, complaining about being paid the money that they accept. And then they would go out there and not put any work into to their drag, not really yes. like really put no show on. Like they just go out there and just get through it, right? So yes. I'm like, I put so much work into my presentation. I actually rehearsed my numbers, bitch. I like I like I actually like choreograph, like I do full blown production. Like 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 you can't sit here and say that I'm not worth the money. So I so people kept saying like oh you're not gonna get booked they're only gonna give you a tip spot they're only gonna give you a tip spot so i was like oh no bitch not only am i booked but i'm also booked for twice what you make catch 
Ding ding. Okay. No, I don't blame you. But <laughs> yeah, like it was. But that's just the activism in me because I was raised by former members of the Black Panther Party. But you know, we won't talk about that. So like. Uh, yeah so I was raised really being in these streets and like really being about that shit so I mm-hmm. came into the game thinking like that so like I was like I don't understand why I'm not being paid or why you're not trying to pay me at all let alone being paid equitably to the, to these white queens when I work three times as hard as these hoes like I actually Child. not only put work into my shows I actually dance I actually know my lyrics I actually work out. I'm actually like fit. Like I actually like put in the work to do this. Like I like. I am that girl. It's what it is. Like I, I I'm that girl. Y'all sitting here trying to pay girls with crooked wigs, and y'all want me to come in here and do a ten minute Beyonce number and not pay me? What the fuck? Mm-mm. Do you actually think? Oh, okay. And That's the word is no. <laughs> okay, no is a complete sentence, darling. But why won't you? No. Mm-mm. I'm okay. Thank you, I'm though. Real good. I'm real good. I'm <laughs> real good. <laughs> I'm real good. <laughs> like, I'm real good. I'm gonna have to take that. I'm real good, actually. Girl, you can have it. I'm real good. I'm real I'm good. Real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blast. However, but that's what. But you can be that way when you know you have things that are like unfuckwittable that that like people can't take away from you. At, at the end of the day, you'll always work because you have talent. You yes, will, you will always work because you have work ethic. You will always work because you're professional. And a lot of these bitches think that just because they hot and like they doing the doing the popping song on iTunes right now or on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if the kids use iTunes anymore. Anyway, <laughs> just because they doing the popping song on TikTok right now, they think that they the shit. And when that runs out next yes. week. And if there's a, you a young drag queen listener right now, I'm telling you right now, your professionalism will, that always <laughs> will speak before anything else. If you want to, if you, you can be popping for a little bit, but your longevity, your longevity is going to come from your professionalism. And those connections that you make, don't start f- smelling yourself and think that you know you gonna you can't be out the door tomorrow because you can't. Because I always tell the girls, what you do on stage may get you in the door, but what mm-hmm. you do off stage will get you back in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that shit. Say that Penny. shit. Attention! <laughs> save this as your ringtone. I don't even know if kids do ringtones anymore. I don't think but... they do, friend. I'm so sorry. Well, turn this into a reel or something. <laughs> the turn this into a TikTok. Turn this into a t- turn this into an Instagram reel snap function. I don't know what y'all got me on. Girl, I get on to post my new po- post the new episodes of on my podcast, and I hit it. So I don't know what day. the girls are doing. I really like I. I, I, I I, I'm not on there long enough to even call it a day. I'll call it an hour. <laughs> I ain't got no time for the social media. Hello. But let's jump back into reality TV. Okay. What was the journey? What was your journey to get you to Chasing Atlanta? And what was the casting process like for you once you decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do? Um... Sorry. Um, so it was actually the I, I I call it 
you know, what's I don't think it's divine intervention, um, divine timing, uh, one of those words, one of the things with the divine, um, because everything <laughs> literally just fell into everything literally just fell into place. Me and my boyfriend were sitting and watching Chasing Dallas. We watched the season two. We watched the finale of Chasing Dallas season two, and I had enjoyed the entire season. And just mm. off a whim, I said, I wonder if they come into L.A. That's that's interesting. Ooh. This is cute. I wonder if they come into LA. I literally pick up my phone, go through the website, and um, saw that they just happened to stop auditions for Chasing LA. They just stopped auditions. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, whatever. I'll just wait to next season. So I um, friended um, Q on Twitter, Andario, and Blake. Um, okay. Blake was our um, producer, uh, one of the producers for season one. She's one of the executive producers for season one, and she shout actually out, shout reached, out, shout out. Yes, she actually reached back out to me first, um, and she said, "Why didn't you audition for my show?" Um, I said, "Are you talking about Chasing LA?" Just for clarity, I was like, "Chasing LA." She's like, "Yeah, why didn't you send in the tape?" I was like, "Oh, I waited too late. I just found out about it, but I, I'm I'm not worried about it. I'll just wait till next season. It's cool." And she said, "No, no, 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 no. How soon can you send a tape?" I said, "I can send a tape tomorrow." She said, "Okay, send me Hello. an email. Send me a tape tomorrow." Um, Prepared. So I uh, woke up literally the very next day, very next day, and ran back home to my house, put my makeup on, and made a whole uh, tape. Period. Made a tape right there. I think I was the. I think I was literally the last person casted for season one. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what you call prepared. If that you got an audition, prepared. that's how I am about auditions. Like you tell me when, I'll send you the tape. Just tell me how soon you need it. I told her, okay. She said, yeah, send that tape like ASAP. You know what's so crazy? Your story kind of reminds me of how Tammy Roman got on the real world just a little bit. I don't know if you know this story. But Tammy Roman, she just happened to see the first season of The Real World on TV because, like, she was at work one day. Her, 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 a friend came in, told her that they were casting and, like, she didn't get on or whatever. So she went home one day. They just happened to be playing a marathon. So she was like, do that. So then she comes <laughs> around, makes a tape, and she takes it down to the MTV offices real bold, like, right? And she goes and turns the tape in. She's like, um, so I'm here to turn my tape in. And so she, so like, they're like, do you have an appointment? She's like, no, So, she, but I have a tape. And so long story short, she wouldn't leave until somebody lit, played her tape, pretty much. She yes. held the building hostage until somebody watched the damn tape. So I say that to say how that connects to you is like, she was the very last person casted for season two. And like her just going out on the limb reaching out for the hell of it and being who she was is is just what got her casted on the show and basically yeah. the, the, the um, same thing happened for you where you just saw it on TV one day said I can do that just fucked around and happened to see it decided to reach out da, 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 and just happened to reach out to the right person and ladies and gentlemen this is why being prepared <laughs> Cause Quan is a scout, honestly, and I hope I don't get in trouble on Dario and Q. I didn't really care about me. I want, I just want to be on the show. I didn't, I didn't, at the time, like I love the opportunities that is opened up for me. But at the time of my audition, I didn't even give a fuck about like showing off my drag. I just wanted to be on the show. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to do this. Uh, okay, so just let me just go so let me get to my next question then because now I feel like your answer is going to be very interesting. 
Okay. What was the story that you signed up to tell when you joined reality television? No, so it was chasing LA. So mm-hmm. I did tell them about my drag, but going into it, I wasn't like, I, I mean, it was a pandemic. So I had nothing to show them. Fair. I had nothing to show them, but I just wanted to be on the show. Like I enjoyed the show so much. I was like, I just want to be a part of it. But like, I didn't even think that auditioning, I didn't even think that far ahead about like, what the fuck you going to show them? Because everything in LA was shut down. So I didn't even think that far ahead. I just wanted to be on the show. Um, so I just told him on the on the tape. I need to see if I still got it on my computer somewhere. But on the tape, I just remember saying, uh, "Remember saying that like I'm a drag queen and I'm funny and I want to be on the show." I think my TikTok, my TikTok was way higher too. So my my viewing on TikTok probably helped with that as well. Oh, so um, you're in tune with the young people. I yes. Um, but no, my story like with H my like my HIV story didn't even start until until like right before we started filming. Um, so I didn't even have that to pitch to him. I just I just really wanted to be on the show. Mm-hmm. That, that, that. Wow. That, that word. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Cause like, I'm a Virgo. So mm-hmm. I'm an overthinker by, by, by nature. So like, I automatically, like, I always think 10 years ahead, just without even trying to. So I would, I admire that you just have that just fancy freedom of, but I don't like, like, girl, I just want to be in the moment. Like, just like that, that, no, that, I'm very, just living that, mo- that is, I, everything I that. overly positive that happened in my life, everything that, that was really good that happened to me happened because I said, I want to do this now. When I moved to Atlanta, I decided to move to Atlanta literally like, it was June of 2013. And I just told my mama and my family and friends, I said, okay, March, I'm leaving. And everybody was like, what do you mean? I said, I'm go- I think I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to leave in March. And everybody thought I was fucking lying. And then that's when when they saw, like, I was really putting my money aside and not doing anything or not going anywhere. And one of my friends asked, he was like, hey, girl, so you serious about Atlanta, huh? And I said, yeah. He said, so can I go with you? I was like, shit, yeah. <laughs> And then our other friend, he saw we were serious. My friend, actually, it was Rico, my best friend Rico. He was like, well, girl, I see y'all girls are going. So I ain't trying to stay in St. Louis, so I'm going to go with y'all. So we said, shit, okay. And then that's when our, four, our, uh, our other friend, Keith, he said, well, y'all ain't about to leave me here, so I'm going to go with Period. y'all. We all <laughs> packed our cars up in March and drove on down to Atlanta. And then when I was tired of Atlanta, I said, I think I'm going to LA now. And everybody was asking me again, how the fuck you going to do that? I said, I'm about to put this shit in the car. I'm gonna drive to LA. <laughs> okay, the same way I got to Atlanta. I'm gonna get to LA. I'm, and then they thought I was playing until that money started getting saved again. I was sitting in the house. So then my mama freaked out and said, Well, you're not going by yourself. So she got in the car with me and drove me all the way out here to LA. I absolutely love that. And to your point, to your point, mm-hmm. I'm gonna just tell the people to go with that because I am somebody who has overstructured my entire life, right? Like, I had a YouTube channel before this podcast. You know, I'm very, you know, structural, analytical, all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. I took a three-month hiatus from my YouTube channel because I just needed a mental break. I was going through a lot. This ain't about me. But 
I just popped up one day and decided I was doing a podcast. Like, I literally, like, like, mind you, these days aren't verbatim, but, like, for the sake yeah. of... But, like, for the sake of the story, I decided I was doing the podcast on Tuesday, and I released my first episode on Thursday. It was Sometimes your spirit quick. just moves you to do it, and I've learned personally or, or how it works. I don't want to, you know, results may vary. So I'm, I'm talking about for me. Right. <laughs> for me, because <laughs> I don't want nobody to say, I'm packing my car, moved to LA, and now I'm homeless. This listen, is not that moving advice. This is results not legal advice. may vary. <laughs> listen, but no, anything that I've, even with drag, everything that I've done, I had an unwavering feeling that this is what needs to happen next and i just i it's hard i'm not gonna say that it's easy but i let everything just kind of fall into place and just trust that whoever's up there god buddha universe ancestor whoever whoever's doing what they need to do for me it's gonna work and everything has always worked when i step every time i mentally step out the way and just let life life Everything that I need or everything that I want always happens. Move to Atlanta happened. Drag is happening. I said, I, I remember when I moved out here, I said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I need drag to be full time. I'm tired of working. I've been a full time drag queen for a year. When we were yeah. worried about these kids, get, we, we were terrified of our kids getting here and what that was going to look like for us. And now they're living just fine. So when I, again, not that it's easy to take your mind off of what's going to come next. But I do my best to say, you know what? Life, just life. And let me be prepared for what's next. That's a prayer. There you go. If you if you pray, I don't pray. Pray to be prepared. Like you said, pray to be prepared. I don't need to know what's coming next. I don't need to know what's going to happen next. I just want to be prepared for when it gets here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, child, you just... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> hey! Oh, that was it. That was the one. That was that hit. That was the Let word. Let me be prepared. Because, baby, when I tell you, like, when I started this podcast, it was a completely different type of show. Like, I did not think I was going to be interviewing people. I didn't think I was going to be interviewing reality stars. In fact, when I started this podcast, I was staunchly against interviewing reality stars. Why? It's in the because I felt like one, it was a lot of red tape because mm -hmm. I tried to get people on my YouTube channel and like having to go through networks, managers, teams, sometimes husbands. It's, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's really a lot. It's, it's really a lot. It's really, it's really a lot. And like I told you before, I'm real good, real good. <laughs> So I was like, I'ma just sit here and talk my shit yeah. and keep it pushing, right? And then next thing you know, I started reaching out to content creators. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna reach out to, you know, content creators and, and just talk about, you know, the experience of watching reality TV with people who create content about reality TV. And then it just kind of grew from there. And next thing you know, I'm pretty much exclusively only been interviewing re re reality stars for the past few weeks now and I have my biggest wow. inter well, 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 well I'm not going to say my biggest interview but like my first network quote unquote reality star well second technically but <laughs> here to say you know what people what what the average Betty and Joe beer can reality TV fan would, <laughs> would, would consider a real reality star because it's on TV versus YouTube. Yeah. 
that's coming up for me really soon. And so, like, I never thought that I would get to these places. But for me, I never thought that I would be interviewing the people that I watch because we're getting ready to get into you on the show. And I'm going to start that off by saying you are as a person. Now, I've been saving this so that you won't think (laughs) I'm some crazy stalker bitch. But I think I may have told you when I asked you to be on my show. You are my favorite cast member of any chasing franchise in existence. Thank you. Literally, (laughs) when I say, but and it's for all the reasons that you've been speaking because you're such a genuinely authentic, regular, normal person, and like. I just, it, like, I just, I just loved your first season. I was like, this is like, and I, and if you go back and listen to my interview with Andario, I actually have this, this moment with him on that show because I was like, I don't know where you fell, Hershey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you, but, but if I go, I'm, I'm gonna whoop your ass myself. <laughs> I was like, that's my bitch. Like Hershey and Jayla, y'all did a y'all did a y'all did a gospel thing. God was in the mix on that one. Thank you. I live for you. I really do live for you. I try. But I appreciate it. <laughs> you do Thank well. You. you do well. Now. <laughs> This is about as messy as I get when it comes to these interviews, but I know people want a little something, so I'm going to give y'all a little something. Yeah, go ahead. What percentage of your cast are your actual friends versus your co-workers? Hmm. Percentage? It depends on what you mean by friends. Everybody's everybody's definition of friends is different. If... um, if we're saying about friends, like I could give them a call and we'll have an actual conversation. Um, I would say I could. I think I could call Fly King, like because mm-hmm. I'm not hanging. I'm not hanging out with all of them like that. But I wouldn't consider them. I wouldn't consider them not a friend. So I feel right. like right now, poetic. If I call poetic, I feel like we could probably hang out. I feel like me and Jeremy would, could hang out. Obviously, me, Nicole, and Rich Bomb can hang out. I love them. Um, Andre, I feel like me and Andre, Fly King. Because uh, we can hang out. I feel like all of us would be cool. Not, you know, every, you know, they all got their own beefs with each other. But I feel like all of those <laughs> are, are are friendships and or and or developing friendships that I have from the show. Okay, nice. Which dynamic do you prefer? Do you prefer doing this reality TV experience with people who you can actually call on and be fair and friends with with the when the cameras are off, or would you rather just Come in, clock in, do your scene, collect your coin, and going on about your business. No, I like that. That's that's kind of another reason why I was interested to be in the show is making friends um, and getting to know some new people that I wouldn't have met, you know, on a regular out here on a regular day out here. So no, I I, I like the actual because it makes for a better show too. Like when you actually like cool with some of the people that you're filming with. So no, I. I, I I'd rather this dynamic, like where we cool, we could talk off camera, we could talk on camera. I'd rather that. Good. Now, how has filming and seeing yourself on television affected your confidence, whether positively or or, or negatively? 
my confidence. Um, <sighs> I don't. I don't. I hope this doesn't stretch to another question. But like, it's 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 seeing myself on camera and being part of the situation. It's made me more boisterous it makes it it, it helped it I, seeing myself on camera made me be more concrete and how i feel and what i'm saying about things and that i actually have like i used to be i would say going into the first season i was very soft-spoken and not sure about what i should and shouldn't say and i kind of let that bleed into the second season but after this season like i know what i thought about certain people were right how i felt about certain people were right how i felt about my decisions and what i should have done or versus should have done some stuff could have been changed, but I've, 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 I've been pretty much on the right path and I don't have to second guess that when and if I do a third season. It helped me be more concrete and solid in how I'm feeling and how I move within this group. And not just in this group, but like in my career and on TV, period. If we any of that makes sense. Like I said, I'll be rent. I'll be, I told you I'll be rambling. So. <laughs> No, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> That's what this podcast is for. Like this podcast is literally for for you to just sit and tell your story because I want the questions to probe a deep answer from you. Like like a lot. Like like I want you to have a genuine reaction to the question. So yes, ramble away. But yes, we that makes complete sense. We we love validation. We love yeah, seeing I'm something play out and tell us that we were right we love being like bitch i told you so yeah. as much as people try to say the cliche of i don't want to say i told you so we all love to so no I, i'm not that girl i love saying i told you so Same. i love it but no it is i will say this season there are some things i could have done different some mm-hmm. things I should have brought to camera that I didn't because I was trying to protect other people's little images or whatever. But no, okay. what I should have done was I, sh- I should. It, this season, I learned to say my truth regardless to how everybody around me is feeling because clearly everybody else is already doing it. So what am I holding my piece for? Stay tuned, everybody. Season three. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Because you were my favorite cast member when you were being quiet. So I can't, all, all right, stay tuned, all right, stay tuned, children. <clears throat> now, I hear a lot of drag queens say, because I've, because there was a point in my drag career where I was doing a lot less performing and like doing a lot more hosting. Mm-hmm. So there was a period where like I would just be a host in drag and like working with like all of like the um, drag race girls and all of that. Da, 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 da. And I hear a lot of drag race girls say that they see themselves on TV and they have a complete makeup process transformation. They have a whole glow up like like their routine just changes like it just glows up and elevates. Mm-hmm. Did you go through this process? I did, but, but not because did I saw myself in drag. Like, and yeah. I commend you for that. Like, day drag is the devil. <laughs> I'm not scared. I, well, that's not. I'm not. I've never been scared of day drag. Um, because I'm not all we do of it. Uh, it's just the sweating process. That I, I sweat regardless, especially out here in Los Angeles. And all we do is brunches out here. Like brunches is our Work main income me. source. So, like. Like in other cities, nighttime is more of the, the the norm. But in Los Angeles, the the the, the uh, day drag is where the money's at. Like you want you want to get into these brunches. So no, it ain't. Uh... What was the question? Makeup. Yeah. No, I don't. 
I don't I can't say that my makeup changed because of being on TV. It changed more so because my makeup is always changing. I always looked at makeup, mm. my makeup process is me ever growing, like always learning how to do something different. Um, but no, nobody scares me when they talk about my makeup in, in the daytime because I've seen how some of these helpers look, you know, when they just putting on eyeshadow. So they can't tell me nothing about, Hello. you know, my face. I'm, I've never seen anybody try to drag my look that look cuter than me, so. <laughs> Kirk. Hello? Hello. So, Speak to the children. If you gonna drag no. me, you better look better than me. I'm, and I'm gonna let you know. So no, none of, none of them look better than me. So I don't be concerned, to be honest with you. And I wasn't even thinking about that. Like, I was just more so talking about like you seeing yourself and just being like, oh, I probably should be doing this different. Oh, I probably should be raising that. Oh, I can actually shave my eyebrows off and like paint them on a higher place on my forehead. And it's okay. Like, no, I don't think that hard like about that. it. I'd be like, uh, okay. Like I do a little, what I call it, a, uh, <laughs> I call it a pit bull nose. So uh, there is a nose that I do and at nighttime. It looks great. But under all this studio light, I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't like do that. So I do have those <laughs> moments. So to answer that question, yeah, that makes more sense. So yeah, that pit bull nose, it's in one of the damn like thumbnails two of one of the shows and I keep, I think it's episode one of season two and I looked at it and said oh okay that does not look hot at all not the in this gaggery. light the gaggery cause see listen like I listen I'm from well my drag is from Alabama right I'm okay. from North Carolina it's a whole different species of people but um, <laughs> no, no, no shame. Oh no, but, no, no, no shame. <laughs> but I started doing drag down here, and nightlife is the thing. And I, the this thing, can do day drag. But this is how you know I ain't really been nowhere, cause like I just. Getting into drag brunches are a rarity here. Like we all try, like 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 we all do club gigs over here. So I'm just like, what is going on? You are filming a reality television show in full. I said, if you're not my bitch for anything else, <laughs> on top of the fact you did a full drag show in grass and heels, bitches yes. need to appreciate what that means. Bitches really need to take a moment and give you your flowers for that alone. I was duck walking in dust. Yes. You were duck walking in pure tea gravel. Like you were tiptoeing on the trap door to hell. <laughs> you were sick. And I licked for you. I was like, bro, this bitch is really great. Like Diana Ross would never. She did perform in the rain, but she not stepping off of that stage. This bitch is in full block. Great. I saw that dollar. I saw that dollar over there. I said, "I'm going to get it. You don't have to bring it to me. I'm gonna come and get my money." Yes, God. Yes, God. <laughs> yes, God. You made you made me miss being on stage. You really made me miss being on stage. Like, and I'll tell you why. Part of the reason why I connected to you as well was partially because of your drag. Because mm -hmm. I lost my best friend, who was like my drag, like in and gang, like the. Like the, oh. like the Trixie to my Katia, like I yeah. literally, like the Monet to my Bob, if you will. Um, yes. Except the person was white, so I just give her Katia. But, um, <laughs> but they, 
they killed themselves in April of 2020, I'm right? Sorry. Thank you. So th- when when they died, I just stopped drag. Like I was booked for shows. I just completely stopped. And I just, because I couldn't see myself getting into makeup without that person. I couldn't see myself doing drag without that person because we had been side by side with each other for three years at that point. Like we had built yeah. an entire career. We had built a house together. We had kids together. Like we, like like that was like my platonic soulmate. Like we were yeah. best friends, right? So I just, I completely stopped. And then I discovered your show. Oh and man. It really, it really, no, like it Aww. really was nostalgia. It really reminded me of the best times of Thank doing you. drag. Like, like watching you perform in grass on season one <laughs> reminded me of the first time I ever got booked for a pride. And it was like outside in a park, the, 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 the first time I ever did day drag. Like, like <laughs> it just reminded me of all those stories and all those laughs. And it was just like, it was the first time I ever laughed about remembering my best friend, Alex. And it really helped me get through a lot of that. I'm and glad so, to hear that. I was... Yeah, I really appreciated you for that. Thank you. Of course. Whoo. Oh, oh. You about to listen. You about to get me. Because <laughs> I just because I just told Rico the other day, well, Rico with a K, that I don't uh-huh. cry on my own show. So hold the hell on. <laughs> One thing I will not do is cry on my own damn show. No, ma'am. <laughs> Uh, girl, I'd rather be your N-I-G-G-A Alright, cool, I'm back Alright So What did doing reality TV Teach you about people? Oh, that I didn't know I could. I, I didn't know people as well as I thought I did um, LA is a different LA is a different vibe out here And people are willing I so I guess you can say that in other cities, but I feel like LA is a different type of monster when it comes to people doing whatever they need to and whatever they have to to stay on TV, to stay on any type of entertainment, to stay quote unquote relevant, to stay seen. And this year, like la- the first season, <clears throat> excuse me, I wasn't really privy to all that because I didn't know everybody like that so I wasn't in the mess like that but because I had a better rapport with some of them or so I thought this year I had more to say and more of an opinion and watching lies get told or people you know weaponize certain things against other other people it just I've learned this year that people are literally willing to do anything um, to be seen um, and you can't be fr- everybody can't be your friend I can't be nice to everybody and everybody can't be my friend I can be as genuine as I want to be that doesn't mean somebody's being genuine back to you and I need to be more careful is what I learned yeah. and that's something I thought I had together li- moving out here but no this season really like really like turned the, 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 turned the lights on for me like no some people are really just after their next moment and you need to be careful and especially now that I got kids I'm very particular about who I want to be around who I want to hang around who gets to hang around me and who is going to be in my space 
10 million percent as you should be because i have an eight-year-old daughter and and because of that it's part of the reason why i'm a recluse like i like i've literally turned into grace jones and i don't come out uh, 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 like during the daytime like it's weird but like i but i'm very protective of my of of my kid of my space of my chi of my aura chakras take your pick yes but but yeah like i completely get that now, how has your appearance on the show impacted your drag career, if at all? Um, I feel like it's opened a lot of doors. I feel like it's um I feel I feel <laughs> not doors that wouldn't have been open regardless, but I feel like it gave me the thrust that I need, the, the push that I was looking for. Um, and a reason to like keep on going because everybody I'm kind of I'm a lot of people's first experience to drag queens behind makeup like a lot of people only know drag queens when they put on their makeup and that's about it and I'm people's first experience to somebody being a father and being in drag to somebody just having a life that's in drag an HIV positive person in drag like I'm a lot of people's first experience to that um, I love that. So I don't, I, I, I don't know. It, 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 it feels good actually. Just, it, it just feels good how well people receive me and my story because I, I was worried about for like season one, like how I, I thought everybody was gonna think I was born and want me off the show because it was a lot of mess and I was looking at it like well, I'm not getting into this. Um, but no, I'm glad people received me well because I was concerned about that. Um, and I'm so I'm so many firsts for everybody so they get to see a different side not just to like not just to like drag queens but somebody I just I live a different type of quote unquote gay life like you don't see a lot you see us you know on TikTok and stuff if you're looking for us but not everybody knows too many gay fathers with a partner not even not too many people know somebody with HIV that has a partner that actually loves and cares cares for them now that's that was me like a lot of people reached out to me and was like you know I don't know how your partner do it I didn't know I didn't know there was a thing I didn't know y'all were together like it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of I keep I'm rambling again it's a lot of first for people <laughs> no you're fine you are perfectly fine <laughs> a lot of first for people so I'm glad to be Whatever that representation is that people need, I'm glad. I'm glad they get to see that. I'm, I'm glad they're getting to see that, and I'm very they glad. Actually, I'm ten toes down. Glad that they get to see us, me and my partner, like be parents. Um, especially with everything that's going on with drag queens being under attack around the country right now, I'm just very glad that we, you know, we're part of that that wave. Did you have any apprehension bringing your kids on the show, or showing your kids on the show? Uh, absolutely. Um, me and my boyfriend talked about it a couple of times first because if you see those comments, those people get too personal. These people uh-huh. don't know you, and they get to be a lot. And like I said, some of the cast members be doing sneaky and conniving things. You don't know what's around the corner for them, or what they plan on saying, or what they plan on doing. That's why, again, why I'm very careful around a lot of people because a lot of people get tacky really fucking fast um i know 
a certain person that's online right now and all she does is give opinion on shows and somebody and somebody just being messy calls cps on her because they don't like her little shit like that concerns me that's what i'm saying people don't know how to just keep it wrapped for a lack of better words like keep it let the show be the show they got to be a little extra so it was it that was scary because I didn't know how far people were going to take it. But at the same time, it's this is part of my chasing. My family's part of my chasing. It's part of my story. Um, and I don't know. I, us as parents, that needs to be seen. We, we, are, we, we are more than just, you know, shade and, and being mad at each other and throwing drinks across the table and shit. Like, we are more than that. And I just, I felt like it was very important for that to be seen. And I'm just glad I my partner, like, agreed. Yeah. I'm glad my partner agreed. Um... They did ask. They didn't offer a show. They they did ask. Was I interested in doing a show with just me and my kids? But my son um, is not interested in being on camera like that. Every time the camera crew come around, he'd be like, "Ooh, girl, y'all doing too much." So we gonna hold off on this <laughs> now. <laughs> I love that. Listen, I'm glad that we have you to do that. Cause listen, reality TV is not something that I'm opposed. To doing it's just one of the last things on my checklist of things that I want to do <laughs> in, my, in my career. Yeah, you you know so I like, understand. And like, if you look at my social media, you wouldn't even know that I have a child. You wouldn't know that I have a whole husband. You wouldn't know that I've been with that man for almost 11, 12 years. You wouldn't know that we have a whole world together. Like you wouldn't. Uh, period. <laughs> we have an institution. No, yes. <laughs> yes. No, but like been together 10, uh, 11 going on 12 years, been married going on six, seven years. Like we have an But if I can like, say, if I can say like that's a story, that's, you know, I'm not trying to push you into reality TV, but that's a story that uh, 11 years, that's a story that I would love to hear because you hit, see on Twitter every day. Uh, well, I see on Twitter every day. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> These younger gays are asking, um, they asking like, where are the people that want to be in relationships at? Where are y'all at? And I, I like made a tweet the other day, like, you girls need to stop dating for aesthetics and y'all might last in relationships a little bit longer. If y'all stop dating to be on like TikTok and Instagram, like that part, they need to all see. The girls that, <laughs> yeah. All the girls that want to be in relationships aren't on social media. Yeah. My and they doesn't even have an Instagram. <laughs> I mean, listen, my boyfriend has it, but I don't even just because I don't share I don't share his stuff like that because I don't want them girls doing too much of his inbox. Mm-hmm. People be trying it, but yeah, they. But I just feel like those type of story stories from us anyway. They're they they they're important. I feel like they're important. They're not being seen, and they're being those other stories. The mess, unfortunately, gets a little bit favored because it's quote unquote more entertaining. So I'm glad that I'm a balance for the show. Absolutely. Because I'm I'm just on the I like I like the people that watch the show say they get exhausted with all the drama and I be telling people imagine having to be there and film with these people <laughs> arguing over nothing it. for three or four hours like yeah this shit aggravating. How many times have you sat in a scene and thought to yourself, I really spent two hours getting into makeup for this shit? The only time I felt that way was at the reunion, the season two reunion. That's the only time I was like, this is this is incredibly too much and I'm ready to go. 
Other scenes that I've come in drag in, I've came kind of prepared for what's going to happen. No, actually. So <laughs> let me take that back. The first time I actually felt that was in Palm Springs. I don't know if you watched this season at all, but we were in Palm Springs. And Andre and Mandra, I had just had a little breakdown the night before. And then they argued the whole night before that. So they started arguing again. Andre and um, uh, Rich Bomb started arguing. The cameras didn't follow me, but if you watch me step, like if you watch me, I get up first and then walk towards the back and Rich Bomb follow me and him and Andre start following. Him and Andre started fighting. The cameras didn't follow me, but I went to the back, took off all my makeup, packed my bags up, and I left like within the next hour. I I went home. Word. So no, that's that was that was the first time. And the second time was when at the reunion I was like, okay, this is like far too much. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. This shit is stupid. Cause I'm all for mess, but let's have reasons for like if we gonna argue. Let's argue for a reason. And if we're not gonna come to a resolution, if we're not gonna come to a resolution, then we need to shut the fuck up. Right, because Aaliyah did not die in a plane crash for y'all to not get a resolution. Oh, hello. We have too much confusion. And to go back to your point about putting kids on TV, listen, once again, I'm not opposed to the situation. It's just, I just, it's the last thing on the list and I got a pretty yes. long list. So, <laughs> and see, the thing is, like, for me, when you say, like, I have the story to tell, I feel like I genuinely yeah. have the story to tell because we've been together for almost 12 years. We have an eight-year-old, been married for six years. And also, like, we were together 10 years, and then I decided to transition. How was that? See, oh, my God, that's beautiful. The first year was not beautiful. Oh, no? No. Uh, oh, man. The first year was hell. It got <laughs> a lot better, though. It's great okay. now. It's great now. Things are just fine now. Okay. But listen, trying to adjust to a life change like that, just within yeah. the social relationships of you and your partner, after you not only knowing this person as somebody, but like we were together like we got together in 2011 we we met when we were 19 years old we're 31 now do you get what I mean yeah so after spending your entire 20s with somebody and then for all of the then for all of a sudden them to in in my husband's eyes he basically thought I was telling him like I like I'm a completely different person than the than the person you knew that shit felt like he had to get to know you all over again yeah yeah and see the thing that really helped my husband a lot was that i may be trans but i'm also somebody who's neutral so i'm not transitioning from one binary to another so 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 i'm not transitioning from male to female i'm just transitioning from binary to androgynous okay and and so that kind of helped him a lot that I wasn't fully transitioning and then two the fact that he thought that I was gonna like mentally personality wise be a completely different person once he realized that I was the exact same person it really just kind of like snapped him out out, out of all of that paranoia so That's once he realized it was like oh like fundamentally you're the same person you're just my wife now oh okay I'm yes. cool 
and so since then it's been great but that first year oh girl <laughs> oh, I don't want to let not have, I'm sorry <laughs> no we can laugh about it now okay <laughs> it was your old girl <laughs> we, can, we can laugh about it now but I would not have wanted the first year of my transition to be on television Mm-mm. I understand that. <laughs> that and see, and that that's another thing too, because that was the first the first year of my like status was on chasing, and that was very hard because everybody thinks the first season I was quiet because oh her she don't start no drama la 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 la, which is true. I don't like drama, but I was quiet because I had just got honestly some of the worst news that you know somebody in my position could ever receive. So I did I wasn't right. interested in arguing with none of these people. Yeah, in my I mind totally at the time, you. of course I'm feeling different now. But in my mind at the time, all I'm thinking about is, oh my god, I, I feel like I'm about to die. <laughs> I literally, mm-hmm. I, like literally, I feel like my days are numbered. So like, y'all arguing about juices and who called who what, and she looked at me funny and she she said something mean to me. I'm like, this all this shit sounds stupid to me. And even this year, like even this year, some of the arguments was like, this shit sounds so fucking stupid to me. And that's also part of the reason why reality TV is the last thing to be on my list. Because I just, I can't argue about stupid shit. So, my, so, so, so I feel like if I did join a reality show, my entire presence on the, on the show would, would just be me giving facial reactions. Because I would just be like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, are you bitches really arguing about salad? Like, what is going What? That's what I be getting at in the show. Because, like, the people be mad. But what they be mad about don't make no sense to me. Because it can be resol- resolved in a quick conversation that none of them want to have. But you would think that somebody spit on a mama. Let them tell it. You would swear that somebody threw their brand new red bottom into a pit fire. Like... What is going on? Like, and, and then, but that's when you mad. when you get into the show enough. Some of these people cast it; they're literally just playing the game. Like, they not friends with none of us. They literally just playing the game to be on the TV show. I'm gonna be sitting back looking at all you bitches like, what? What? It's all like it's I would literally weird. just be like, like I would literally just be Mimi from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, the queen of just minding her damn business and eating her food. That would be me. Just sitting here looking at y'all. And here's the thing. When I tried that, I'm not doing it. Then this is the fan on the fandom side. When you try that, why ain't her she saying nothing? When you speak up for what you think, what the side you agree to agree with, the side you think is right, then it's like you on the then everybody telling you you on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. When so you it's, quiet, it's, you ain't doing nothing. Then when you speak yeah. up, then you doing too much. Like, That's what I was getting all season. It's like, girl, fuck off. <laughs> it, it, what's the mood? <laughs> Period. Like, because you know how we give it up over here. Real good. Real good. <laughs> Real good. Period. What is your ultimate goal for your drag career? Um, I actually want it to lead into some... I like... I'm auditioning for commercials and all of those things, but I wanted to lead into some some other stuff. Like I like performing, so I do eventually want to be traveling from like state to state, city to city, and like be performing, like putting on big, uh, not uh, impersonations, but like big 
concerts and all that stuff for drag queens and stuff. I want to do stuff like that. Like I want to tour and drag. Um, eventually start. Uh, I'm trying. I was actually just talking to my boyfriend today. I want to start my own show independent of a club. Like I don't want to do a, um, a club setting. I want to. I want it to be like my own tour of me performing or other queer people performing and um we get our money like you know how the rue girls do like a christmas tour every year or they do their halloween tours mm -hmm. all that stuff so i want something yeah. like that but for you know regular just regular ass drag queens where we ain't gotta you know wait for that show to come pick us up or we ain't gotta wait for a club to give us a venue like i want to provide that space for people um without the backing of a big ass corporation i'm that, that that's what i'm that's what's going to be eventually that's what i'm working on next that's my eventually is going to happen um that's in a distant future or maybe not um i do want to get into pageants i do i, I do want to be a pageant girl that's what i'm tapping Word. into next. Oh, i do want to i want to win a couple of titles i do want that um Motherfucking and then I also just want to be like, like I said, I got my kids now, so I want to be I, like the world needs to be exposed to a different type of drag queen. Um, and all of us, you know, while we do work at the club, and the club gives us uh good money, no shade, but we yeah. all have regular degla ass lives. We all have other shit going on outside all that with the makeup is off. So I can't wait to represent you know for the for the drag queens and kids out here like i got two kids counting on me to get my shit together hello you, you know what i've never had another drag queen on the show so i do want to ask you this as somebody who has been a drag queen um when you counting your money at the end of the show <laughs> do you ever just take this moment to feel your full strip of fantasy like do you ever just feel the moment? So I don't count my money at the show because I don't like. Not I like at sure. the show, but like just when you count it, like, like. What's your full? What's the full stripper moment? Like, what do you mean? Like when I'm like when I'm counting my money from a show, whether it be well, most of the time it's at home, but just depending on you know what's going on, yeah. but. When I'm counting, for some reason, I just take that moment, and for some reason, I always feel like, you know, the head bitch at Magic City. I always feel like <laughs> the top bitch at the King of Diamonds. Like, it's really my Ronnie from the Players Club moment. I really just sit there and feel my oath. I feel like a bad bitch that just shook ass and collected coin. Like, I, just, I, I don't know what it is, but I've always felt like a high-dollar stripper when I'm counting my ones <laughs> at the end of the night. So, no, I don't feel that. I actually feel more so frustrated because... <laughs> and this is not a thing to complain about, but it is a complaint. Like, it's too much money to count and I'll be tired of counting. Hello. So that's a good... Okay. That's how you should know. Yeah. You ain't even asked me if I was thirsty, sister. Hello? No. So I I love counting the money. I'm never going to complain about having to count that money at the end of the day, but I'd be over it. I'd be like, ooh. Damn, we just now, are you the girl? Now, are you the girl that has to turn all the money in the same direction and like have it all faced in the same way? Oh, Real bank I, style? I used to be, but no, fuck that shit now. I'm not that girl no more. 
used to be that girl too. I was when that I girl, take it to the I bank, y'all can way. figure that shit out. <laughs> mm. When I take it to the bank, y'all figure all this shit out. I'm not doing all of that. <sighs> See, I tried that shit one time when I showed up to the bank with a trash bag full mm-hmm. of tips, and they cussed me the fuck out. So how I try to make it easier for them, it, well, that's just me because I like my bankers. So how I try to make it easier for them, I count all of mine out and separate them into hundreds. That way, like, I can tell them, this is how much I can expect to count out of me. This is how much you can expect to see. And then I try not to go there with more than, like, $1,000 at a time because I know they look like back it up. Humble flex, bitch. You better let these girls know what type of... Really gonna tell these bitches... I mean, the, listen, the, my other castmates say I'm poor, and I like that people think that I'm broke. I don't want people to yes, think that God. I have money. Don't think yes. that I have money. So, yes, you're Bitch. right. You are broke just as like, fuck. we are kindred spirits. <laughs> broke we as are fuck, kindred, honey. Because that would be me. That's another re- Once again, re- re- <laughs> reason 347. Why I'm apprehensive <laughs> about joining reality TV is because I'm not the bitch that's gonna be out here renting clothes and trying to, you know, paint my paint my loafers red and do all the other other type of shit. Like I'm not that girl. Like it's never I'm, been me. Never been that girl. So like for me, like I'm real like regular degular. So I'm not gonna be out here doing all of that. Like I just I, I would rather put my money in other places. So and then the thing is, I'm glad it's the first lesson I learned when I moved out here. The um the first lesson I moved out when I moved out here was I did a whole bunch of private shows for people who got the real money the people that stay they got farm like I did a show for these people that got a farm in the in the damn mountains um there's another couple that got this like exclusive Beverly Hills home in the hills and then you go through the gate and then you drive up the hill and then you got to go through security and another gate like I work for those type of people but when you I've I've I had like I've done shows I mean I'm, let me not say work for but when you see how they dress and how they carry themselves um that's the type of money i want to have i don't want you to know I've, i got money i don't need to flash anything i will i if, if i was ever a millionaire you would still see me in a honda yes you would hit you i don't you don't need nobody needs to know that i got money but me and the motherfucker i bank with that's it that's it you, like i like i am that person like like i would be walking around in a motherfucking hand sweatshirt and some regular ass jeans and y'all Hello? And I swear to god my cast will call me broke as fuck all day long but I'm the type of person that I don't invite people to my house so, so like y'all will never see how I'm actually living like my ass will probably be living like Joan Rivers but I look like I'm living on the street no shade I mean I just I, I put my money in different places that's all I'm saying so I think about all those billionaires that walk around be having billions of dollars and still be wearing Chuck Chuck Taylors and Izod polo shirts. That's gonna be me. me. That's gonna be me. Nobody needs like, to know I, that I got shit. <laughs> I could be a multi-millionaire. I'm still gonna be wearing my my same Hanes motherfucking white t-shirts from motherfucking Walmart. Mind your business. My house is not going to be... Me and my boyfriend talked about our housing situation, like what we want our house to look like in the future. My house ain't going to be extra. It's going to be just enough for me and him and these kids. And and when these kids are gone, it's going to be just enough for me and him because we not moving. <laughs> we going to be good. I'm not going to be bouncing around or a, car, a, a thousand cars in the driveway. I'm, I never want to be that individual. Same. Like, I've never wanted to be rich because you know what they say, more money, more problems, and I've had enough problems. 
So I ain't got time for that. Well, I would so, like, like to experience some of those more problems. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, if more money, more problems. I do want some more problems if it's gonna bring some more money. Um, but I like being, <laughs> I like being able to be qualified enough to be in the room. Like, I like having enough yes. money to be in the room, but I don't have to be the richest person in the room. That's fair. Yes, there you go. I like that. I just want to be invited to the party, but just I don't want to have to be the top bitch. Yeah, just let me in the door. Just make sure that the invitation hits my address. And, you know. And I got it from there. But like, I just, I just don't, because, but I think for me, I also live a minimalist lifestyle. So I also don't want a lot of shit. So I don't see the need to have a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I see needing money for like tuitions, things yeah. like that, trust funds. So my daughter can't be straight when I'm gone because you know what I'm saying like stuff like yeah. that. that's what that's where the lot of money comes in but I don't need a lot of clothes I don't need a lot of cars I don't need a lot of things you know what I'm saying so the materialistic part of it that's cute but that money gonna do well in escrow accounts 401ks trust funds CDs Hello. investments portfolios children grow up do do something else with, with your fucking money grow up children I Damn. just want my house paid for and whenever I'm ready to buy something I can swipe the card and not worry about the fact that I swipe my card. That's all. That's what I want. Shout out to paid bills and good credit. That's all I need. Now with that being said what do you want your legacy contribution to be to the drag industry? As of now my contribution you know, I never thought about that. That's Word. a great fucking. That's a great fucking question. Thank you. That's a great fucking question. As of now, I just I I, I want to be one of those girls who didn't lose what the essence of drag is. I think honestly, I think with with Drag Race, and it's no shade to Drag Race because I do want to be on the show, but um, I feel like it let a lot of the girls in that didn't need to be in. And I don't want us to lose the essence of what drag is. Um, there are some of us who are out here performing who just want to, who, lo- who genuinely love drag. And I love drag in all its aspects, all its form, pageant, theater, dancers, standing bark, all of those girls. I love drag in all of its forms. And I want to be like, not a gatekeeper, but what's the, what's the, there's a word I'm looking for and I can't think of it. A torch passer, if you will. Um, I guess I want, I want to keep, I want my contribution to be, I kept the traditions alive. I love that. If that makes sense. That makes perfect (laughs) sense. It makes perfect sense. Cause I've been thinking about what I want like I like I want to come back to the drag space. That's part of the reason, you know, why I kind of came out of my, you know, black hole, if you will, um, because it's the one thing that I miss. Like I started a whole YouTube channel, and like the one thing I missed was being on stage doing drag. Like I genuinely just love drag, drag. right? Yes. And so, you know. I started this podcast as, as a means to, you know, kind of hold me over until I got my car fixed to go and do the shows. But I feel like I've been thinking about it and like what I really would love 
for the next phase of my drag career to be, I would love to just be like a host, be an MC. Like I would love to like, like if Pray Tell did drag, mm-hmm. I would love to just do that oh, and just that'd host be the shows. Yeah. Be a host, be an MC, commentate the house down, boots, mama, okra, do all of that things of the things, play with the children. Because my most fun I've ever had in drag, the most times I've ever, like, 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 the most I've ever enjoyed doing drag is when I was just hosting the shows, when I was paid to just show up and host the party and introduce the other <laughs> girls and talk shit in between the numbers. Like, I love being the Steve Harvey from the from the Kings of Comedy. I loved being the Laura Hayes from the Queens of Comedy. <laughs> I lived, I got paid to come and party with the guests, kick it, and, and like, I loved that part of it. Now, mind you, I love performing, but the work that I put into it and the amount of pressure and strain and just flat out abuse that I put on my body... <laughs> <laughs> Let me just be flat out honest with you. It's abuse at this point because I've been a dancer my entire life. I've been a cheerleader. Oh, I've actually bucker. been a stripper. Buck. Oh, wait oh a she minute. bucks. She bogues. Wait she a minute, like, bitch. I've walked runways. I vogue. I, she bucks. She choreographs. She does all the things. I played Michael Jackson three times in. And, and like actual oh. productions. I've been in dance companies. Like I've done it all. And that was before drag, right? Go So off. then I spent, right. So then I spent three years doing all of the voguing and the kicking and the back flipping and the splitting and the jumping off of speakers and shit. One day, I'm gonna oh. fuck around and break my neck. Straight up. So, I need to have a backup plan. <laughs> I need to have a game plan for when my ignorant ass gets up and does a backflip off of a fucking speaker like this is the pleasure principle. Okay? Let me tell you so what this my, girl in my scene did real quick because you said that. And sure. she ain't having... And she ain't have no damn insurance. I hope she okay to this day, because honestly, we barely the pandemic happened. Then we ain't seen her perform since. That's um, part of the so, reason why I'm that ignorant on stage is because I got all type of health insurance. Shout out praise to God. a good working Sh- man. Shout Come out to on. my husband. God bless you, hardworking Sh- black man. Oh, anyway. Blue Cross Blue Shield. Thank you, Jesus. Specifically, <laughs> specifically, <laughs> praise God. No, there so was back to big... your neck breaking friends. Girl, there's this big, I don't know what you call the staircase, but it's its a big red metal staircase. You see them in industrial, industrial areas and shit all the time. And they had them for our stage because um, they used the stage for the strippers or the go-go dancers or whatever you would call them. Uh, but when okay. the drag performers are performing, they pull the stairs out so we can get up on and off the stage. Mm. This thing is no less than over a couple of hundred pounds. The girl yeah, got up there doing the most bucking and stuff and jumped on the side of the rails and tried to do a little hair flip and flip her hair back and put too much force into the hair flip. So she brought the whole weight of the goddamn stair down with her ass. And the oh. stairs fell on top of her. Listen, y'all, listen, this is this is the type of shit 
this really wasn't what Jasmine Masters was talking about. But this is what I took from what Jasmine Masters was talking about <laughs> when she said RuPaul's Drag Race done fucked up drag. Not y'all can't beat Aja. All of us can't do it. Damn. All of us can't do it. All and it's okay. Can't beat Kennedy Davenport. It is just fine. And it, it is, is okay. Just fine. Like I, like I, I'm talking to myself. I need to accept that I am not Tandy Iman Dupree. I need to just get over that. I can't be the bitch that's just dropping from the fucking ceiling. And come on, every show. Shit, no more. I'm that's why I keep on telling people. Old. Let me tell you something. I had a whole year, and it was a year. It stopped at a year. I had a whole year where I was doing splits. I got one knot. I even do it that hard. Got one knot on my knee and said, that's the end. Nope. That's the end. That's it. Word of God. I there, There's going to be one day I'm still like, I like I even heard the story of Shangela breaking her fucking leg during a show and I'm still out here doing fucking full high kick into full dips in fucking five inch heels. For what? For what? I'm going to get the dollar regardless. For the art. I'm going to. For the art. Yes, it is. Yes. For the art. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is because for the you art. Love it drag. is for the drama. It's for because the drag. It's drag, for the drag. So. Bitch, bitch, it's bitch, it's for the gaze. It's for the gaze. Like you like you know the girls appreciate that shit. You yeah. know what it feels like to hit that ground and know that the entire room just shook. You, is know, you know what that feels like. Yeah. You know what that feels like. Well, I just, personally I personally uh, don't know because I I mm-mm. but I well, know what you're getting. You know at. what Paris means. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Paris means. That's right. Butch Wayne. Butch Wayne. Butch. But yeah. Butch. Because, <laughs> girl, I need to sit the fuck down. Like, I really need to. But mm-hmm. I say all of that to say, this whole emceeing career is where I'm going to go once I finally do fuck around and end up paralyzed from the neck down because I'm I think I'm shit. a goddamn paper plane. Because I think I'm one of those... You remember... You remember back in the days. You sound like you grown. You remember back in the days... Grown, right? Yeah. So you remember back in the days when the girls had those little uh dolls that you pulled a string and then it turned and then it fly into the air. I'm about I'm about to hang up because I ain't about to play with you. <laughs> That's what the girls on was that TikTok you? today would call oh, my aesthetic. I must say it was that you. That's me. That's my aesthetic. Full blown. Landing in a split. Like, I'm the girl that grew up on Bring It On. So I was the front hand spring, round off, round off, back hand spring, round off, round off, back hand spring, full twisting layout. I'm that girl. You go off, because I was definitely uh, the the little sister at the audition. Yes. Now that was me. I ain't giving you too Put much of nothing. Time. Oh, clap, 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 clap. That's all I got. Booty, yeah, we already voted. Love that. <laughs> Children, grow up and watch Bring It On. Hello. The original. Don't watch any of the ones that were on TV except the one with with Solange in it. But 
you may not want to watch that. I mean, even that one was, society, about say, it was even a little that bit was of, questionable. Yeah, that was real. Well, I don't know what real, the fuck was going on. That was real problematic. Anyway, Gary Leroy Gray still out here trying to end like he's straight, honey. God bless him, because listen, he I is holding on. He is holding on to dear life, but that's just because I'm not ignorant enough to move to LA. I be wondering if I ever see him. I'm like, so wait, how long are we gonna? Hey, so how long are we gonna be doing this? If I ever get that man on my, sh- never mind. Let's just move on. Uh... <laughs> let's just move on, because the pandemic has taught me a lot about myself and my relationship <laughs> dynamics. We'll, we'll have a conversation off camera about that. Anyway, <laughs> that discovery did lead me into my next question, though. Yes. When are you your most self? My most self? Mm-hmm. Some people would say your best self, but I don't like to say your best self because I feel like people always have room for improvement and even not improvement and growth. So I always say, when are you your most self? When are you your most present in a moment? Um, it depends on a moment because my um, different times require different moments out of me. So I'm my most self when I'm Hershey, but Hershey isn't required at home. And at home, and it's just me and my partner. I'm my most self when I'm up in his face. But that's not required when I'm with my kids. So I'm my most self when I'm I get to like throw them in the air, even though it wears me the fuck out. I get to throw them in the air and listen Hello. to them giggle and all that shit. Like I, I I love that. I have I'm learning there's different versions of myself now required to get me through different situations, especially through a drag show. I'd be so tired after these mm-hmm. drag shows, child. So yeah. Um so I guess you could say I'm, I'm I'm my most self when I'm safest and I'm safest on stage and I'm safest at home. Love that. I abs- I love asking that question because I'm never going to get the same answer. <laughs> I love that. I love that. that. That's a great answer. My last question to you <laughs> is how do you want to be remembered? Um... Right now, I want to be remembered as as a fighter, um, which I think I'm I'm doing a good job of that. Like I I've I, I grew up around a lot of people that, unfortunately, when it came to their dreams or when it came to something that they wanted out of life, they kind of let it fall to the wayside and they didn't go get it. And I'm on a never-ending mission to get what I know belongs to me, and that's what I want for me. That's what I want for my children. That's what I want for my family. Um, meaning my sister, my partner, my mom. Like, I want to be remembered as somebody who saw what they wanted and they didn't stop until they got it. Um, And I want that to be something that my children carry, to my, that my grandchildren carry on for the rest of their life. Like, they, we go get what's yours. Um, And no obstacle, nothing that's in your way, nothing that seems to be in your way, any of that. Nothing's going to stop it. If you want it, you're going to go have it housing, cars, your career, your partner, whatever that is. Shit, the new damn TV that's on sale at Target. If it's nothing's going to be in your way, you're going to get what belongs to you. I absolutely love that. Ah. Thank you 
thank you. That felt so preachy. Thank you uh, so much. That felt so Listen. preachy. Uh, I didn't like that. Cut this part well, of the tape. Let's try re- it again. <laughs> well, if you want to take two, we can. Most of the time, the answers always sound like that. To, to be perfectly honest, people always get real philosophical on that last question. And I love that because, you know, I want my... I want all the questions to make you think, but when I get to how do you want to be remembered, people take that... People tend to take questions how like in from many different perspectives, but people always seem to get their deepest when they act when they hear that question. They always feel the need to all of a sudden turn into Maya Angelou. They all turn into Paul Mooney. They all turn into but like, that's a scary question. Person. You're thinking about it is. You're thinking about what there's there's I mean, of course, I I, I you there's a time I'm not gonna be here anymore. What is that gonna be? I how? didn't say you had to die. I, no, I, but I that's but that's what they you wanna be remembered when I hang up the phone. No, but like more but ways than one. Now, it's more awakes than one. Like you could say, how do you want to be remembered? They can go from chasing. That can go from how you we end this conversation. Any of that. Like there's a time where a connection is going to be lost for a second or forever, and your last. I want your last thought of me to be. Da 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 da. Exactly, and that's why I frame the question the way that I do, and never make my questions too specific because mm-hmm. I want you to answer the questions based on your own criteria and like whatever you instinctually feel in the moment and not feel a way like not feel the need to answer the question in a certain way I always want people to just think about the question as it authentically hits them and just answer it so I never try to be too specific and like ask questions almost vaguely so that I can get the most authentic answer possible you want the spirit to move you know, let him use you, all of those things. <laughs> I don't know who him is, but let him use you. Because <laughs> God ain't got to me yet. You know that he is very busy, child. You know child. if I'm very busy, and you out here looking very busy, child, you know God is out here really busy. <laughs> Y'all saw Bruce Almighty. Bro, Hello? Watch real movies. Okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> But no, seriously, thank you so much. This has been an incredible, incredible conversation. I am thank glad you. I was able to contain my excitement because I cannot explain <laughs> to you how excited I was to meet. Thank you. Oh my I, word. I, I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you. Yes. I hunted your ass down. Like literally. <laughs> I don't give the girls too much because I'm like, hey, some people just don't look at their DMs. I get it. I'll send you an email. Some people just don't check their shit. Fine. But but I'm not the girl that's going to run people down two, three, four times. There's only a couple people who I've gotten after multiple times, and it's you, and it's the person who is on a on a big network reality show that I'm getting ready to do tomorrow. Yes, I'm excited for you. Thank you so much. But you're one of the only people that I've ever messaged more than twice about doing an interview. I was determined to talk to you. I will forget, like somebody would message me and then I'll read it and forget to answer it. And then a couple of weeks have passed and mind you, I'm always posting stuff. So then now the inbox is full of people talking. Like this lady sent me a suit 
and I want to post a suit, but I don't know. I can't find her name to tag her for the damn suit, and I feel terrible. <laughs> oh my god. I feel awful. I feel awful because it's such a pretty suit. I'm going to post it anyway and hope she says something so I can tag her. But I yes. feel shady doing it like that because it's like this woman gave me this outfit for free. Why would I not? I got a poster. <laughs> Just do a call to action. Lady, ma'am, in my DM, if you if you happen to come across this podcast, the lady that's, that's, that, <laughs> that's in her shit is too. If you are listening to this right now, you can slide into my DMs if you too ashamed. But let this lady know who you are so that she can tag you in the day. I can tag you because it's a great suit. I just don't want to post it without. Like, I'm going to just post it. I'm just going to post it and let her shade me. And then I'll be like, my yeah, bad. Just go ahead and find post. your name. Go ahead and post it so she can read you so I can order a suit because I'd be liking suit. You, 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 we, we, it's a really, and she we've make already them. said that I don't wear gowns. So you know, let but me get you a suit. Are, I think you would love it because she posts like it, it's a it's a full sequence um jacket and pants. Mm-hmm. Um and it fits uh, like it fits the girls. Like you See, know, some of the I sizes. Like yeah, it fits us. Good, because I don't want to be walking around here like Hillary Clinton. No, no. And no shade. A lot of these girls in LA, that's what they give. And they try to be saying, different. I'm not talking about nobody. Listen, I don't girl. girl <laughs> as soon as you said that, I got real specific, real quick, and I'm a professional. Let me tell you something. These hip pads are getting out of control. Uh, girl. <laughs> RuPaul's drag race done fucked around and fucked <laughs> up drag. They let Nina they let Nina Bonita brown ass walk through that motherfucking room and then all of it. Then, then all of a sudden, everybody thought that they should have been Black China. Everybody. How you got? How you got body dysmorphia for pads? Come on, y'all. What's happening? Bitch is trying to look like K Michelle from padding. Hello? K Michelle don't even want to look like K Michelle no more. And y'all been trying to look like. Okay. Uh, it don't make you know sense. it's time to slow down when child Kim Kardashian get her whole ass taken off. And I didn't know they could do that. I'm scared for these people. I can't wait. To, the future. Oh my God, these asses in the future. I'm nervous. For well, all if you them. get it done right, you should be able to. I mean, hell, it's oh, just okay. Tell that, me something. Right? Because I, didn't I mean, know, okay. not, if these girls ain't out here getting ass shots across people's kitchen tables and shit. Oh, you shit. should be able to get it taken out. Now, if you just getting a fat transfer to your ass, just getting something taken out from your back rolls and getting put into your hips. You know, that that's something you can just get it liposuctioned out later. You, you like okay. you just punched it in, you can get it taken out. You know what I mean? But if you out here getting goddamn motor oil what? from AutoZone pumped now, in your not, ass down to somebody's basement. Not motor oil. Motor oil. I don't know what listen, the girl listen, I've listen, I watch a lot of documentaries. The girls have gotten a plethora of foreign objects pumped into their bodies. Motor on. It is a charcuterie board of chaos. <laughs> These girls out here getting motor oil, vegetable oil. These bitches getting Frisco and lard pumped in their ass. Now, what killed me was the filled up with super glue. Fix a flat. The fix a flat was took. What y'all took me bitches out. went. It's giving. It's giving gorilla glue for the damn hairspray. Like. Just because it says fix a flat, don't uh, mean 
<laughs> oh, you girls are too literal. Too literal. Too literal, Barbara. Too literal. In fact, wouldn't no bar wouldn't no and girl you know, named ain't nothing wrong. I'm not here to I'm not here to body shame or anything like At that. But ain't nothing all. wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with subtle shapes. You know, ain't nothing wrong with a subtle ass. And then let your natural weight add to the body. I'm just saying, I've never seen a girl get get her ass done and not regret it at some point. Miss Hazel E. Large cartoonish. Listen, Miss Hazel E. She about to tip right the hell over. We not gonna bring Nostradamus into this. Nostradamus, I got to. Oh my god. We gonna leave her right on where she at, somewhere in India, laid up with with them half her face on the pillow. Oh no, she ain't get back. She ain't go back over there, did she? I don't know because I don't follow her, and she probably oh, okay. blocked me by now. But God bless her and what's left of her face. Have mercy. But um, listen, because <laughs> listen, I, I li- listen. I'm just mm-hmm. like, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with getting plastic surgery. I no. don't plan on doing it because no. I'm invested in my body. Bitch, I'm done up. Like, I work out six days a week for a reason. So, I don't plan on getting nothing done until, you know, I, until the Pharrell effect happens to me. Because Pharrell uh. has just hit, he just hit his early 200 and just started aging. Like, just now. Like, at 205, he started <laughs> aging. <laughs> You know what I will get done though? I do want my teeth done. I will get those, uh, not the Vanini veneers, but the more natural looking straight teeth. I do want my teeth done. But I think that's about I mean, as much. I would love to get my teeth done, but I don't think that counts. For me, I think that's like, you know, you that's so? like, to me, I think that's reconstructive. Okay. I mean, technically, you are reconstructing your body when you get, you know, you just moving fat from yeah, one place to another. But, that's... Yeah, but I need to get my teeth done. I don't need to get my ass done. Fair different. That's fair. The difference. I can't speak for you, but but <laughs> but depression is a bitch, and I went through a lot of it growing up, and it manifested itself physically on me. So I need to get my damn mm. teeth done because depression did to me would like. Well, I ain't gonna say that because my teeth ain't that bad. I ain't even gonna go that far. Let's let's not get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I need my teeth done a hell of a lot more than I need ass. That's yeah, I don't I'm think saying. I don't think anybody needs their ass done. Nobody needs that. Well, well. Uh oh. Uh oh. I I I I. Oh, I'm not gonna talk about nobody. I ain't gonna bring nobody into this. But I <laughs> listen. Who the girl that? In fact, you. Since you brought it up, I'm gonna go ahead and bring it in. Amy Robux. Who? The girl that the man from GM, the man from Good Morning America that was cheating on his wife with the white lady. Okay. That lady. Huh. I ain't she seen. I ain't seen the She could use a shot or two. Now I haven't necessarily been paying mm. too much attention, but. I watched a video today on Jesse Wu's channel and hearing that woman hearing that woman say you did all that for a handful of back meat <laughs> sent me into my grave <laughs> in my next life. Have what mercy. All you can say sometimes is have mercy. And then you shut shout out to Chloe Bailey. 
But, 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 <laughs> but, but, but when you see the picture, though, like there is some. Listen, we're going to leave this on a positive note. I think everybody yes. should feel amazing about their bodies. Absolutely. Nobody should feel the need to get their ass done. Nobody should feel the need to get their titties done. And in fact, hell, you shouldn't even feel the need to get your teeth done, even though Cardi B and Glorilla were bad examples of this situation. If you don't want to get your damn teeth done, as, as Adele Gibbons said in The Queens of Comedy, somewhere out there, there is a man who don't want nothing less than a bitch that can bite an apple through a picket fence. Hello. <laughs> you remember that. Oh my god. And with god. that being said, thank you, Hershey, for being on my show. <laughs> I appreciate no you for being I forgot this is a goddamn <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Mission accomplished. That I is am so what sorry. I want. No, that is what I want. <laughs> I want you to feel like you just sat on the phone and like talked to your homegirl for two hours. That oh, is how I want goodness. you to feel. That's how that's that's how this show is set up. I want you to feel that way. So that to me is the biggest compliment that you could have gave me. Thank you so much. You enjoy the rest of your night. Thank Kiss the you. Kids for me. Dap just your dude for me. Because I'm respectful. <laughs> just give him a dap, close fist. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All that. Y'all enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you so much. We will talk soon. Thank you. All right, love. <laughs>